It was good to see all of you out this morning, and I was glad to have visitors. That you asked that you would fill out a visitor's card and put it in the basket or hand it to one of the men after the service. Be glad to have a record of your visit. Our lesson for today is going to end our Marriages of the Bible series. Uh, we've been going on with this one for a couple months, and so uh, this will be the last lesson in the series. And today's lesson is the story of Aquila and Priscilla. Ever so often at sports time especially I'll have somebody that will ask me what's your sermon on for, for Sunday? I had a, a lady ask me yesterday and I told her what it was and she said I'm, I'm sorry I don't even remember who Aquila and Priscilla are. And so I kind of told her where they, they were found in scriptures and, uh, and it'll, it'll be an interesting lesson. But there's not a lot that we're told about Aquila and Priscilla. But this lesson is subtitled Forever and Always Together. One of the things that you'll notice about Aquila and Priscilla in this lesson is that they're always mentioned together. You never find a place in Scripture where one is mentioned without the other. And that's, that's an example in and of itself. But there's so much that we can learn about Aquila and Priscilla that we can apply to our marriages and to our faithfulness to God. When we first meet Aquila and Priscilla, they had been expelled from Rome among with the other along with the other Jews. We know for a fact that Aquila was a Jew, but we cannot be sure about his wife. We're not sure about her life before this. Priscilla could also have been a Jew or a Roman married to a Jew, simply following her husband who was not allowed to remain there. We cannot be certain as to whether or not they were Christians at the time of their expulsion. Regarding their expulsion, we understand that Claudius was in power from the years 41 to 54 AD. And the time window has been estimated to be within his reign at some point, some scholars setting it between 49 and 53 A.D. Due to their expulsion from Rome, Aquila and Priscilla are found in Scripture in a few different cities, actually. We first find them living in Corinth when Paul finds them as fellow tent makers. When Paul traveled to Ephesus, Aquila and Priscilla followed him staying there upon his embark for Antioch. And they are greeted once more in Paul's letter to the Romans and again in his second letter to Timothy, who was in Ephesus. In all of the places we find them living, one of the things that we notice about their lives is that they are always in the service of the Lord. And they're always together. Aquila and Priscilla are wonderful examples of Christian couples, or two Christian couples, of how to work together if and when they are able. They're examples of studying God's Word together as we know that they did, and growing together in Christ, as is evidenced in their lives. Those wishing to marry do well to begin their lives together in service to God 
finding in their future spouses the qualities of this wonderful Christian couple. Let's begin by looking closely at their lives together and what we can learn from their lives. One of the things that is, is unique, at least in our day and time, is that they shared a profession. Paul finds them working together in Corinth and he joins them as he is a fellow tent maker. Not all husbands and wives have the opportunity to work together. Uh, Marissa and I do because we've worked at the Christian school together and we've done some other things jointly. Kirk and Cindy often work together at the manor and, and things of that nature. But it's not something that all couples are able to do. But this one was. They had the same profession. They were skilled in this area. And so they were fellow tent makers and they worked in the same profession. In Acts chapter 18, if you'll turn there with me, this is where we first read about Aquila and Priscilla. Acts chapter 18 and let's begin reading at verse 1. Acts 18, verse 1. After these things, Paul departed from Athens and went to Corinth. And he found a certain Jew named Aquila, born in Pontus, who had recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla, because Claudius had commanded all the Jews to depart from Rome. And he came to them. So because he was of the same trade, he stayed with them and worked. For by occupation they were tent makers. And he reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath and persuaded both Jews and Greeks. Paul used this as an opportunity to teach in the synagogue every Sabbath. He was there every time they gathered and he used that as an opportunity to spread the gospel. And among those listening to Paul's message, whether it was in the synagogue or whether it was just in working together or in their friendship and the time that they spent together, we see that among those listening were his friends, Aquila and Priscilla. If they were not already Christians, this may be when they obeyed the gospel. We don't really know, but it is a possibility. Aquila and Priscilla and Paul began a very close and lasting friendship as is evidenced further in Scripture. We see that oftentimes when Paul went somewhere, they would go to, or he would send some kind of a greeting to them as we'll look later on in our sermon. But we see that they did have a close and lasting friendship. It was something that went beyond their tent making. It was something that went into their lives as Christians. And it affected how they served God. They were all three good encouragers of one another. Aquila and Priscilla in their time together as a married couple, as husband and wife, we understand that they grew together in the Word. And that's something that all 
couples should be able to do to grow together to encourage one another in service of the Lord Paul continued there a year and six months as we read in Acts chapter 18 verse 11 a great opportunity for the spiritual growth of this husband and wife a great opportunity for them to sit at the feet of a great teacher such as Paul Paul's stay with them could only have been an encouragement if not to obey the gospel certainly to continue in it Paul mentions them multiple times elsewhere in scripture and they were always mentioned as encouraging to the church. A shared faith like theirs has to begin somewhere and Paul had at least a small part in strengthening their faith to serve as they did. Just as any married couple would do, we see that they also traveled together. In Acts chapter 18, beginning at verse 18, and reading through verse 21, So Paul still remained a good while. Then he took leave of the brethren and sailed for Syria, and Priscilla and Aquila were with him. He had his hair cut off at Sincrea, for he had taken a vow. And he came to Ephesus and left them there. But he himself entered the synagogue and reasoned with the Jews. When they asked him to stay a longer time with them, he did not consent, but took leave of them, saying, I must by all means keep this coming feast in Jerusalem. But I will return again to you, God willing. And he sailed from Ephesus. Here Aquila and Priscilla begin working in a new place, their third city of residence thus far in our story. This time in Ephesus. What's the Jews of Ephesus or Aquila and Priscilla that are spoken of in verse 20 as asking Paul to stay longer? Maybe both. But he was determined to go to Jerusalem. And he did intend to come back. Though Paul leaves the two in Ephesus, it is far from the end of their story. It wasn't the end of their service to God and the service to His church. They were deeply rooted in their Christianity and were throughout their lives involved in faithful service and leadership. In Acts 18 verses 24 through 28 we read this, Now a certain Jew named Apollos born at Alexandria, an eloquent man and mighty in the Scriptures, came to Ephesus. This man had been instructed in the way of the Lord, and being fervent in spirit, he spoke and taught accurately the things of the Lord, though he knew only the baptism of John. So he began to speak boldly in the synagogue. When Aquila and Priscilla heard him, they took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. And when he desired to cross to Achaia, the brethren wrote, exhorting the disciples to receive him. And when he arrived, he greatly helped those who had believed through grace. For he vigorously refuted the Jews publicly, 
showing from the Scriptures that Jesus is the Christ. When they found Apollos teaching the baptism of John, they taught him the fullness of the Gospel and he became a mighty force in the kingdom, a powerful preacher. Even if they themselves were not accomplished public speakers, they were able to teach together a man who was. You know, so many people work behind the scenes of the church, if you will. There are so many who maybe aren't able to preach or lead singing, or maybe like ladies, they're not able to teach a Bible class in, in the way that they do, or to, to cook meals for for fellowship and things of that nature. But there are so many people that work behind the scenes that go unnamed. Aquila and Priscilla, we don't read of them being a powerful force such as Apollos or Paul. But yet they were. They were very great in the kingdom. Even those who work behind the scenes, even those that we don't recognize, have an important role to play in the church. We also want to notice what we understand about Aquila and Priscilla from Paul's greetings. These are, are very brief, but very important nonetheless. On Paul's third missionary journey, as he traveled from Antioch through Asia Minor and back to Ephesus, he sent greetings to the Corinthians regarding Aquila and Priscilla. Notice what is said in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verses 19 and 20. The churches of Asia greet you. Aquila and Priscilla greet you heartily in the Lord with the church that is in their house. All the brethren greet you. Not only were they in the service of the Lord, but the church of Ephesus was meeting in their home, a common meeting place of the time. You see, we're used to church buildings. We're used to going to church buildings and, and worshiping together. And that's pretty, well, pretty much all we know. There have been a very few occasions where I've invited, been invited to someone's home for a singing, for a time of, of praising God together in song. And those are some wonderful meetings. It's, it's a very, very good difference uh, whenever we're able to gather in someone's home such as that. Uh, even on one occasion, I invited the youth from here a few years ago to my apartment, my first apartment by myself. And uh, we had a devotional there. And it was a great time to be able to gather together. We don't always have to meet in a church building. It's a convenient place, but it doesn't always have to be done that way. As a matter of fact, there are many times in scriptures where we find churches meeting in homes. And we see that Aquila and Priscilla were very hospitable to the church. And they invited them to meet in their home. Not sure of the, the number of people that were gathered, but we do see that they had the church meeting in their home. Leaving Ephesus 
And going back to Rome, the church was found once again meeting in their house. But they had the opportunity to return to Rome and as Paul ends his letter to the Romans, Romans chapter 16, verses 3 through 5, he says this, Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus, who risked their own necks for my life, to whom not only I give thanks, but also all the churches of the Gentiles. Likewise, greet the church, that is in their house. Now what Paul is referring to, we're not quite sure. But obviously Aquila and Priscilla had done something for the cause of Christ that caused them to risk their lives. Something that also saved Paul's. We don't often face threat to life in this nation. We have been given the privilege to meet freely and I hope that that privilege continues many years to come. And though we don't face it in our country, many Christians are forced to risk their lives and even die for the cause of crime. This is something that we call martyrdom. We also see it evidence in Scripture. There were those that, that were willing to die for the cause of Christ. For instance, what we read in Acts chapter 6, Stephen was stoned to death for publicly preaching Christ. In Acts chapter 6, and beginning with verse 8, and Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and signs among the people. Then there arose some from what is called the synagogue of the freedmen, Cyrenians, Alexandrians, and those from Cilicia and Asia, disputing with Stephen. And they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spoke. In verse 11... Then they secretly induced men to say, We have heard him speak blasphemous words against Moses and God. And they stirred up the people, the elders and the scribes, and they came upon him, seized him, and brought him to the council. They also set up false witnesses who said, This man does not cease to speak blasphemous words against the Holy Spirit, or the Holy Place, and the law. For we have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth will destroy this place and change the customs which Moses delivered to us. And all who sat in the council, looking steadfastly at him, saw his face as the face of an angel. And even despite what they had experienced so far with Stephen, Read in the next chapter, Acts chapter 7, verses 54 through 60. When they heard these things, the, the sermon that Stephen delivered to them, when they heard these things, they were cut to the heart. 
And they gnashed at him with their teeth. But he, being full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God. And Jesus, standing at the right hand of God, and said, Look, I see the heavens open, and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. In verse 57, Then they cried out with a loud voice, stopped their ears, and ran at him with one accord. And they cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at the feet of a young man named Saul. And they stoned Stephen as he was calling on God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he knelt down and cried out with a loud voice, For do not charge them with this sin. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. History records that all the apostles other than Judas Iscariot, save one, died prematurely as a result of their faith. One being in exile. Christianity has a cost. We may not be called upon to risk our physical lives for our faith. But still there is much to lose. Family, friends, sometimes it's a job. Or a place on the best sports team because it causes you to miss services. Christianity has a cause. Philippians chapter 3 verses 7 through 9. But what things were gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. Yet indeed I also count all things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. For whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in Him not having my own righteousness which is from the law but that which is through faith in Christ the righteousness which is from God by faith. Aquila and Priscilla were willing to risk their lives for Paul's sake, for the cause of Christ. And that's a good example for all of us. They had counted the cost, just as Paul had. And what things were once gained to them were lost for Christ. I'm sure they had a, a similar feel to what Paul expresses in Philippians chapter 3. Aquila and Priscilla are mentioned once more in what is understood to be one of the last letters written by Paul before his death. In 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 19, he says simply this, Greet Prisca and Aquila and the household of Anesiphorus. Using the shortened form of Priscilla, he remembered them. Even in his last days or years, however long it was. And he remembered them fondly. And he sent his greetings 
at the close of his life. He loved them. He cared for them. And he remembered them at the end of his life. Even if he couldn't see them, he remembered them. Aquila and Priscilla are a wonderful couple to study. And there are some, some lessons that we can learn from these two. Some of these are related to marriage and some of these are related to Christianity as individuals. But there are some great lessons that we can learn. Because Aquila and Priscilla had a common faith, much of their spiritual growth was encouraged by the other. Wherever they went, we understand that there were different people there, but, but one thing that was a constant in their lives is that they were always together. Until death parted them, they were always together. Whatever city they found themselves living in, they were serving the Lord together. They studied together and they studied together with others such as Apollos. And who knows how many souls were brought to Christ because of these two. In addition to their studies as Christians, they must have prayed with one another. I can imagine that they did. It's good for, for a married couple to pray together. Husbands and wives would do well to encourage each other's spiritual growth through study and prayer. There are opportunities that are great to use. Study for a Bible class or a sermon together. Pray together regarding difficult situations in life or, or even to begin or end the day. But use those opportunities to be together and to encourage each other's spiritual growth. Aquila and Priscilla, sharing a profession, worked together regularly. They spent a great deal of time together. And I can imagine that just like any other married couple, I'm sure they had their disputes now and then. But they did spend a great deal of time together more so than many couples. And even if spouses do not make a living together, there are many opportunities for them to serve together in ministry in the church. There have been occasions where Marissa and I have been able to work together. In our last work at Gilroy, we were able to, to work with the youth together. And there were many things that she was able to, to help me with that I wasn't able to do. But we worked together and it was a wonderful time in our lives. I remember hearing the story several times of Kirk and Cindy and how they began their work here. And how they were asked to come here. They came together as a teaching couple. And they've worked together in many ways since. It's a wonderful way to, to be together and to encourage spiritual growth. Work together in the church. As Aquila and Priscilla, there may be an, an individual or family that can work together 
they can work together to win the prize. You never know. But working together is great for a husband and wife. Aquila and Priscilla risked their lives for the sake of others and Christ. But their marriage, as far as we can tell, thrived in the midst of difficulty. Married couples should ready themselves to face anything. We, we never know what may be ahead of us. But we do know that whatever may be ahead, that we can face it. We can face it together. And if you're not married, you have a family that surrounds you, a church family. We work together with them. We work together for each other's common good. We encourage one another and we remain faithful. There are many great lessons that we can learn from the lives of Aquila and Priscilla. We see that they always had not only that close relationship with each other, but they had a close relationship with those that they worked with, especially Paul. And that's something that we need to take into account as well and work closely with one another. Have a good relationship with one another. And we do. We may be a small family here at Mars Hill, but we are often together. I love the opportunities that we often spend, not only on a monthly basis, but on a weekly basis. We, we do things together always, and, and that's great for, for us as Christians. And we see that in Aquila and Priscilla in their lives of service with the church. As a married couple, they're a wonderful example. As Christians, they're a wonderful example of what we ought to be and what God wants us to be. He gave us the lives of these two to learn from, and there's so much to be learned from. Even though their mention in Scripture is, is not that often, there are some great lessons to learn from Aquila and Priscilla. I, I hope these lessons have been encouraging to you, and we'll start a new series next week, Lord willing. But as we close our lesson today, I ask you this. Are you a child of God? Have you obeyed the gospel in hearing and believing, repenting, confessing faith in Christ, being baptized for the mission of sins? Have you done what is needed to become a Christian? And if you've done those things, have you done what is needed to remain faithful? Are you a faithful child of God? Are you continually serving in His kingdom each and every day of your life? If you've erred from the way, if you need to come back in prayer or to ask for forgiveness or if you need to come back in repentance, if there is some way that we can help you, either in obedience or repentance, whatever the case may be, we'd encourage you to come as we stand and as we sing.